Stella Belafonte here, and thank you for joining me at my table on this Tuesday for another tasty top pick. We're going to have an appetizer because I'm greedy. Then there's the main course, which is what brought you here in the first place. And we'll end things with a sweet dessert. Boy, have I ever. I hope you're hungry. Enjoy. All my life I had to fight. I had to fight my daddy. I had to fight my uncles. I had to fight my brothers. Stella Belafonte here coming to you this Tuesday with a tasty topic. Tasters, Stella is not feeling herself. I am actually recording with breakfast in bed. I made myself get up to have grits and eggs and some vegan sausage. Oh, just to um, let me backtrack a little bit about the vegan sausage. So I am currently on about day 20 of a 90-day cleanse all veggie cleanse to try and get my health together and um I had a slip up so we're going to call it a cheat day on Sunday this past Sunday May 22nd I participated in Kwanzaa crawl and it was a beautiful thing if you are not familiar with Kwanzaa crawl you better get familiar get on IG and just type Kwanzaa crawl and you will see all the antics and the festivities well it's run by two beautiful black women from Brooklyn New York and it's based on the principles of Kwanzaa yes we know that Kwanzaa is the day after Christmas but because of the COVID we were made to select a new date. Well, they selected a new date for us. Basically, Kwanzaa Crow was postponed and the shit was lit. So we were out dancing and jamming in the sunshine. It hit 92 degrees this past Saturday. And what it is, it's a bar crawl. All black bar crawl supporting black businesses. So we go in there spending our black dollars to different black owned restaurants and bars and we get wasted. So let me fast forward. Um, So, yeah. I had a cheat day because when you go to these bars and pubs and they offer food and, you know, meal setups, there was no vegan possibilities. Well, at least not to start. And I was already drinking. I had pre-gamed before I left the house. No, actually, I didn't pre-game. Lord have mercy. That's how bad I feel. I don't even remember. Well, anyway, I participated in Kwanzaa Crawl. It was fucking lit. I got drunk. And I got to be honest with you. I got myself. I needed to be drunk because being drunk took away from what I am currently feeling. Yesterday, I went for a visit with my MD to explain some symptoms that I've been having. Now, I don't want to get into the details about the symptoms, but dizziness is one of the big symptoms. And um, she assumes or had diagnosed for now that I have vertigo. So she prescribed me a pill that I popped yesterday and I actually feel terrible. But I have a family member who is suffering from the same ailment and she tells me that you're going to feel worse before you get better, but I can't move like this. If anybody doesn't know... When you look up vertigo, it's basically a feeling of constant dizziness or that you're going to fall. So, tasters, Stella Belafonte feels like she's on a goddamn roller coaster right now. And um, the shit feels bad. It feels wicked. And um, I can't wait to feel better again. It's like you don't appreciate good health of feeling normal until something like this happens to you. So, as you all heard in the beginning... 
the powerful words of our one of our favorite iconic movie characters, Miss Sophia, from Alice Walker's novel, which was made into a 1985 movie, The Color Purple. And that is the purpose and the point of today's tasty topic. Taking care of ourselves as black women and demanding to be treated softly, gently, and beautifully as black women and not as workhorses and mules. So I want you to all listen, get your pens out, tasters. I'm going to try to get this copy written. Um, And I feel like this needs to be in our next medical journals, or as they said, even in our next Bible. This is serious business. I have coined what black women have been going through lately, Miss Sophia Syndrome. What is Miss Sophia Syndrome? I, this is my words, this is quotes. Don't try to post this shit somewhere without giving me my credit because credit belongs where it's due. I'm saying that in my opinion and in my estimation, we as black women across the board suffer from an undocumented ailment where black women are perceived to be physically stronger than women of other ethnicities and able to handle physical pain more easily than women of other ethnicities. The idea is possibly rooted in the history of black enslavement, and these ideas persist today. A speech made by the Miss Sophia character in the 1985 film The Color Purple provides a great visual for this issue, hence the title, Miss Sophia Syndrome. Yeah, so let me explain to you about Miss Sophia Syndrome. As I explained, I feel it's deeply rooted in slavery. As black women, we are treated harshly. We are treated as if we can just carry the world on our shoulders. Look at the terms that get attached to us strong. I was watching an old episode of Good Times. And there was an episode in the early stages of Good Times with Florida. The the woman of the house, the mom... Florida Evans was sick and damn near dying, and she was just going to push through it. And the first thing out of her daughter Thelma's mouth was, Mom, you're strong. And this was 1977, 73, 74. And I remember watching this episode today, like, you know, when I say today, now, you know, several years later, like, damn. And she wasn't strong. Florida had an ulcer I think no she had gallbladder she had a an infected gallbladder that was really fucking her up and was just walking around suffering because she gotta cook for big james gotta wash the clothes gotta iron gotta keep the house clean and make sure that everybody's living a good life but if this was real life real time florida was probably about to be out of here why because she's been labeled strong another thing that i see that happens to black women again we because people think that we're so strong they don't feel like we feel pain if you look up old like historic documents about the pain that black women have suffered it'll bring fucking tears to your eyes I know it brings tears to my eyes it's as if we are subhuman 
or, or other than human. That's why I kind of wonder. Someone wrote an article about using those words, black girl magic. Be careful. You said that the, the, the tongue is mighty. The, 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 the tongue can, you know, the things that you can do with words, you can either spin words into a beautiful song or you can write your own fucking death warrant and what happens with that term black girl magic everyone doesn't see the beauty in us because of those words they don't see what we have as magic what they do is look at us and they see these I don't even want to say goddesses but like I don't know what you would call it. These witchy women that just feel no pain and we could just go through anything because that's me. I'm a black girl, black girl magic. My ass, I hurt and I feel pain too. And in the United States of America today in 2022, we are still being handled by medical professionals, by co-workers, by supervisors as less than human, as subhumans that don't feel real physical pain okay i know i'm all over the place because like i said i got vertigo damn it i feel like i'm on a roller coaster but i promise myself every tuesday i am committed to putting out good content and that's what i'm gonna do so when you go back you can go online and look up the history of slavery and how black women were treated during the slave trade and the fact that they didn't feel like we felt pain as much as non-black women lies in evidence of they had boards that they would lay out for slave women Let, I'm, I'm gonna get down to the nitty-gritty and it hurts they had boards that they would lay pregnant slave women on um during whippings because there were really plantations where whippings was just the order of the day it's just something they, they felt like whipping a slave kept them in line it was just like normal discipline. And if a slave happened to be several months pregnant, they actually had boards with a space cut out in the wooden plank for a pregnant slave woman's stomach so that she could, I don't know what the fuck, is that supposed to be rest comfortably while she's being beat on? So you can't tell me that a nation who thought so little about our health and our wellness and our feelings that they've come so far that now they give a damn about us when they absolutely don't. I can remember years ago um, feeling so bad because I didn't realize that I had a bad back. I got a bad sciatic nerve. All I knew is that I was feeling pins and needles running through me. And I'd gone to an urgent care facility and I had an Indian doctor, a woman who appears to be East Indian or whatever, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, India. She wasn't black. She wasn't black. And I'm not with this black and brown shit. Either you black or you ain't. She wasn't black. And I remember as I was trying to describe the pain levels that I was having, this woman was nearly rolling her eyes at me. She kind of rolled her eyes side. She was writing shit down on a script pad. Like, here, you can take this. And she was asking me, she was like, so what do you feel again? I said, I really just want to stop hurting she looked at me again with her eyes rolled damn near to the back of her head let out a big sigh and said um go here here's your prescription like there was no empathy no sympathy um again she didn't handle me gently she didn't handle me with care it was like here take take this pill and don't call me so yeah you know i'm i should have just either been strong enough to take the pain and um 
not complain or maybe I shouldn't have been as vocal about my complaint you know as a black woman again I guess I'm expected to be strong now let's take it back to the fact that this doctor was an Indian this is what stood out to me there was a point in my life in my early 20s that I worked as a receptionist at a school for nurse aides and medical assistants so one day I was sitting at my desk and there was a woman um another woman from like an East Indian woman all wrapped up in her three-fourths of cloth. Beautiful woman, delicate like a doll. Look at my description of her. This beautiful, delicate doll. She ran up to my desk holding a hand. She was holding one hand with the other. She was crying. Tears was rolling out her face and like falling out of the floor. And I was like, what's wrong, young lady? Are you okay? No, no, I'm not. She tells me, no, I'm not okay. And I ask her, well, what's wrong? And she showed me her hand. She said, call me, call my husband. So I'm looking for the blood. I'm like, did you break something? You feel like you fractured your breast? You want me to call an ambulance? No, no, just call my husband. So I called her husband. And she got on the phone with him and spoke whatever language she spoke, possibly Hindi or whatever. And when she got off the phone, I asked her, so, well, what can I get you? She goes, my husband's on the way. And she stuck out her hand. And when I looked, this beautiful, delicate doll, this, 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 Bangladeshi, Pakistani, and East Indian, no shade woman had a fucking paper cut. It was a paper cut. And it had actually stopped bleeding. It was just red. It was small. And her husband was on his way from work, leaving work early, to come and swoop his wife up and take her home and tend to her because she had a goddamn paper cut. Made my head spin. Then, um... Let's just talk about, again, how we are just mistreated overall and nobody believes in our pain. In 2008, if you don't know about this story, tasters, you need to look this up. In 2008, there was a woman named Esmond Green. She was 49 years old. She had been admitted to Kings County Psychiatric Hospital in Brooklyn, New York. And they had this woman waiting in the psychiatric ward to be seen. And everything was recorded on camera. For some reason, she kept getting up. She was tapping on the glass, asking for help. She was asking for assistance. And um, the whole staff ignored her. Security guards, nobody sent a nurse for her. No medical professionals were sent to her. They thought that she was just complaining. I'm going to be real with you. They probably thought, oh, well, just another crazy homeless bitch. And they ignored this woman. They ignored this woman, Esmond Green, this black woman, like she was a stray cat standing up in somebody's window or doorway looking to be let in. And Esmond Green died while being mistreated and mishandled. I'm reading now. She lay on the floor, her legs shaking and writhing, but no one helped. After a full hour, a nurse kicked her on the leg and realized something was seriously wrong, but it was too late. 49-year-old Esmond Green was already dead. This is what takes me into the whole Miss Sophia syndrome. It shouldn't be that all of our lives we have to fight and suffer and fight against men, fight to be heard, fight with the men in our family, the men at work, our supervisors and co-workers for it to be understood when we hurt, when we feel real, true, physical pain, when we're upset and we just can't do it anymore. You know, I see a lot of gifs and memes 
in the 21st century. And some of them are cute, but talking about what they wouldn't do as a slave. <laughs> it wouldn't be me. Massa came looking for me. What I wouldn't, wouldn't do. Well, here's another terrible tale of what happens to black women who feel like they can't work. I'm going to take it back to the days of enslavement. I actually read a story about a young girl who was on a slave plantation in the South sometime during the early slavery days in the United States. And she felt that she didn't want to work on this particular day. Maybe she was hurting. Who knows, this young lady might have been suffering from cramps. Maybe her cycle was on. You know, I used to always wonder, what did slave women do when they had their periods? Or when you had a headache? What the fuck? Look at me now. I'm walking around with vertigo. What would I have done on the plantation as a slave woman with vertigo? Honestly, I probably would have got beat to death. Because the story of this young woman who decided to take a day off and hide all day is that when her master realized that out of his slave count she had been missing, or maybe someone snitched on her, they tied this young woman up and beat her until they said that pieces of the skin of her back were laying on the ground. And it was because she took the day off. And her master's words were, she cost me money. She intended to take a day off and cost me money. And that's what she did. I had to get her. So again, tasters, you cannot convince me that a country that feels that it was once okay to beat black women until their skin had fallen to the ground is all of a sudden so woke, so saved, so informed that they give a damn about us. I just read that recently, maybe a day or two ago, that a senator from Louisiana, a bastard by the name of Bill Cassidy, made a statement that our maternal death rates are only bad if you count black women. Tasters, when I tell you that just blew me away. What do you mean if we count black women? Are you telling me that there's been a time in the medical journals and encyclopedias when they talk about maternal death rates for women? Was there really a point that black women were not included? Were we separated from this count and this number? And if we were, why? How? So again, tasters, um, I feel like today is going to be short and sweet because Stella ain't Miss Sophia. And I'm not that strong. And I don't feel good. But you know what? I do suffer some of the syndrome. Because I'm going to be real with you. My doctor asked me. And she's a white woman. You know, a, a, a white woman. But she's a woke white woman. But she was just wondering. She said, why is it that you waited so long to come in? You said that you've been feeling this way for at least the last three weeks. And I told her. I said, because you know what? I didn't want to miss work. And I have a job that if you call out for certain things they hold it against you and instead of them being actually concerned with your health and well-being they want to know how bad it is if you're going to be a liability and if they need to cut you loose or you know take you out of your position and have you doing something that to me would probably kill me faster and um I can't go through that. Again, like I said, for those who know, know, and if you don't, you don't. But basically, I I, I work underground. Oh, and speaking of working underground, I have another story. Since I've been working underground since 2016, I have witnessed some, again, harsh treatment of black women. 
I'm going to call it out. There was a black woman who suffered a miscarriage at the job because she complained that she needed a softer position while she was pregnant. And the city agency that I work for denied her this. They turned her down, said that it couldn't be done, and she lost her baby. There was also another instance of a woman that I was working with, and she was walking ahead of me underground, and she tripped and she fell. This woman was definitely older than me, very tall, knock-kneed. I'm going to be honest with you. Shouldn't have been on the tracks in the first place. I feel like that they, you know, I'm giving it away. I work underground. Yeah, I work for the subway system. Sometimes I'm I'm sitting behind a desk. Sometimes I'm not. So the days that I'm not sitting behind a desk and I walk on the tracks, these are the things that happen. And this woman was walking in front of me, knock-kneed, you know, just bad posture. And she tripped and she fell face front. And as we were walking, there was a non-black foreman who happened to catch up to us. And he looked at this woman and asked, what is wrong? Very harshly. I said, she just fell. He goes, well, is she okay? Come on, come on. We have to get this done. She has to keep walking. And this woman got up and I sat her down. I said, no, she's not going to keep walking. And I got on my radio and I called one of my immediate supervisors to come and assess the situation. But had I not done that, this woman was ready to get up and keep walking. And this non-black man was ready to push her to keep walking. And mind you, the, the job that we were doing, we weren't even needed. It wasn't necessary. We were literally just, you can, we can be considered monitors with what I do and within my career sometimes. Just lookouts, and there was no reason for her to continue working that night. And I have to wonder if she had been a white woman or any non-black woman, would that woman have been as harsh? And mind you, he wasn't even within our agency. The, we have outside agencies that work together with the city agency that I work for, and they're all connected. But basically, he wasn't none of my boss. So you wasn't going to tell me um, to, to push this woman to keep moving. But again, I wonder, had she been a non-black woman, would she have been expected to keep it moving, to keep it pushing? And I got one last example where I know it's true and they feel that we are workhorses and mules. Before I came into the career path that I am currently on, I was an iron worker. I worked on the steel for about four and a half years and in my last year I received some of my harshest treatment I work for an Irish foreman you know I people may feel that I have a lot of prejudices uh, that I'm a racist or whatever you want to call it it is what it is and I'm gonna call a spade a black ass spade I've heard for years that you know Irish people weren't the nicest especially in their dealings with blacks especially Irish men in hard hats and you know what they ain't they ain't lying I had a foreman who will remain nameless, who was one of the most evil, angry, roughest Irishmen I had ever met. And honestly, behind his back, we started calling him Massa. You know, it was funny, but it wasn't funny. So anyway, I brought him up because I can recall that in my last year working there, I had gone through some real pain. I had taken some tumbles on the job. Nobody gave a fuck. Um, I was going through so much pain physically that I'd even started having acupuncture. Oh, I miss having acupuncture. My insurance no longer covers it. But um, acupuncture was making me feel like I could dance. I could climb a mountain. It, it really made me feel 
better. But let's rewind back to my original thought. Anyway, I was working for this evil, nasty, disgusting Irishman who would stand over me sometimes. And it seems like he really did this when nobody was looking. He would scream at me, come on, let's go, let's go, hurry up. What, what's taking you so long, God damn it? Let's go. That's how this man would talk to me. Again, especially when nobody was looking. But in my mind, I felt like I was being strong and I was better. I was told, you know, the construction trades are rough. If you a woman and, and, and you want this money, because yeah, we made a lot of fucking money. I wouldn't bullshit you. But if you want this money, you're going to earn this money. And I felt like by accepting him speaking to me that way, I was doing it for the greater good. Again, proving how my strength, proving that I could handle it. And I had no business doing that because why? I'm a woman, not a workhorse. I'm not a fucking man. I ain't John Henry on the steel or Mrs. John Henry. I'm Stella Belafonte, a woman with a soft and and, and, and wonderful woman with, with real soft feelings inside. And this man was yelling and screaming at me like he was a drill sergeant. And this is what made me know that it was definitely about my blackness. Within that last year, they had hired a young woman who... Um, I don't even want to talk about it. Anyway, she was dismissed from a really, really great career path. And um, my construction union took her in. This woman was Hispanic. She was a little younger than me. Very small. Like, I mean, a really tiny woman where it was like, wow, you couldn't imagine her on the steel. But she was out there. And you know what she was out there doing? Absolutely nothing. My foreman was so sweet to her. He talked to her softly. Um, as soon as she got to the job and got comfortable, she started mingling and gossiping with the guys. They would carry her still for her. I remember it was a nasty... We worked, we worked with a lot of um, so-called Indians from upstate, Native Americans, as Jason Black would call them, um, dollar store Indians. Like they said, white men walking around with flannel shirts and feathers in their hair claiming Native American ancestry. But we worked with a lot of them. And there was one in particular that I found so gross and creepy. And he really had his eye on her. And he would do everything for her. Like he would carry her still. He'd bring her lunch every day. And I remember there were times where we would have to carry heavy still. And she would feel like jumping in because she felt like it. You know, she did what she wanted to when she wanted to do it. And I remember him saying things out loud like, no, you can't do that. You're going to break your baby window. This is what he would say to this young woman this tiny delicate young butterfly no 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 you're gonna break your baby window well I was in my fucking 30s at the time and I was carrying steel and slinging rods and nobody gave a fuck about me breaking or busting open my baby window yeah but that's what it is so in closing I just want to say black women I pray for us but we have to do more than pray when we march, the same way we march when a black man gets killed unjustly, the same way we march for our men, we have to march for ourselves. When Women's History Month comes up, instead of just raising our fists and taking pictures, you know, with, with non-black women and saying that we're all just women, no, we need to really separate ourselves and sit down and come up with a strategy and a game plan for our good treatment. What are we going to do to stop the government stop our employers and to prevent um, just people around us period from treating us like we're garbage like we're not human and like we're not women so again 
This is Tasty Topics on a Tuesday, and I'm proud of myself, look, for being strong enough to even record this. But again, I'm not Miss Sophia. You are not Miss Sophia. Your sister, your aunts, your mothers, your grandmothers, they are not Miss Sophia. And please stop allowing them to be treated as, as such. Oh, and to let you know, tasters, we got some 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 BDE in the building next Tuesday. We've got a special treat with friend and co-worker Lance Liverpool. He is my special guest and we are going to get into it at a whole buffet table. So again, that is next week. Tuesday at 12 p.m. The next Tasty Topic. Stay tuned. And oh, that's a partial recording. You'll be able to catch that episode or portions of it on YouTube. So you look up Tasty Topics, type Stella Belafontaine on YouTube, on Instagram, again, on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And you're going to get to hear some really, really good stuff. Again, tasters, thank you. Thank you so much. I don't have a sweet dessert because I ain't feeling my best. Look, I, I, I don't have a huge appetite today. But thank you for listening. Take care. Bye.